Well, good morning and welcome to Emmanuel. How are you feeling this morning? Today is a great day because we are starting a brand new series today called Transitions. It's also a great day today because it is baptism weekend and some of you are here to see your friends and family members get baptized. Very exciting. And if you are first time guests, we want to welcome you here. Thanks for coming to Emmanuel. If you're watching online right now, thank you for watching and, and tuning in. And could we give it up for all of our campuses, Banta, Franklin, give it up for them as well, watching live. Love you guys. Transitions, brand new series called Transitions. You know, what's interesting about life, if you're a note taker, we're just going to dive right in. You want to grab your pens. Here's what's interesting about life. Life is full of them. Life is full of these constant transitions in our life. You know, I put out a little video last week about kind of, kind of to prep you and say, hey, here's what's coming, this new series. And throughout the week, wherever I've gone, people have been talking to me like, man, this is going to be a great series because I'm going through this transition with my life and I'm transitioning to a job and, and things are changing and I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. And, and, and so all of us, there's been a lot of buzz, uh, at least personally to me, people have been talking to me about this series because... Life is full of transitions. Everybody's going through some sort of transition or you're about ready to go into a transition or you just came out of a transition. Isn't that true? You know, we go from one phase to the next in life. We go, we go from one stage to the next stage, one level to the next level. Like things are always moving in life. We just had a major transition. Those of you who have children, back to school. Anybody excited about that? <laughs> That's a big transition. I mean, things in our house have changed. Bedtimes have changed. Wake-up times have changed. We've had to go out and buy some clothes. Some, some budget things have changed. Like, it's, it's a tough transition to kind of get. It's a totally different gear from, for those of you who have kids and families to go from summertime family structures to school-time family structures. And we have a lot of teachers here today. Again, can we give it up for our teachers? Absolutely. Even watching online. For you, for you, it's been a major, you know, to go from summertime, you know, teacher mode to back to teaching, you know, and having all these kids in your classroom every day. And it's just, that, that, that's a huge transition. Life is full of transitions. You know, the first thing that we experience in this life is a transition. Have you thought about that? Right? You're in your mother's womb. It's all safe. You're warm. You're comfortable. All your needs are met. Right? And then all of a sudden... There's this squeezing thing that happens. <laughs> and you start to get smushed and pushed and every part of your body is just being just, just completely squeezed through this tiny little channel, canal, canal, whatever you want to call it, right? <clears throat> and, and then slowly you go through this, 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 this really small space and, and everything inside of you is getting squeezed and your head is getting squeezed and you come out and you have a cone head. I mean, have you seen some of these babies? It's like, what happened to their head? Well, they just got pushed through this tiny little space. You know, this, this is an incredible, some of you were spared this because you got C-sectioned C -sectioned out of there, right? So you got spared this, this, go, you know, this experience, but then you come out after being having everything in your body squeezed into this bright, you know, cold room and people are grabbing at you and suctioning, you know, the different crevices of your body, getting stuff out of you. And it's like, welcome to the world, you know. I mean, life begins with an, a, a terrible transition. Think, I mean, I think that's why God in his mercy doesn't allow us to remember that because it's terrible, right? People rubbing on you, washing you, you know, and you're crying and you're screaming. And then it just doesn't really get any better from there. 
starts out rough, it continues to be rough. Life is hard because life is full of transitions. You know, remember, you know, kindergarten, remember kindergarten? That was tough for a lot of us. And middle school, oh my gosh, middle school. And you're, and, and, and you're growing hair and you start to smell different. And, and you start, and your voice changes and, and, you know, you get awkward. Was anybody awkward in middle school besides me? Like my feet grew like five inches in a year. So I had these big long feet and these big teeth and people made fun of my teeth. You know, it's just such an awkward transition. And then, and then you have to get, go to high school and figure out what group am I going to be in? You know, the cool kids, the, the athletes, the, you know, the nerds, what am I going to, where am I going to go? Where do I fit? And you're all worried about that. And that's a tough transition, you know, and it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher. Then we leave high school and we got to figure out, we're going to skip college and go to the workforce. Are we going to go to college? What are we going to do? And, and so we try to transition to college and we're sort of on our own, but we're really not. And just this weird phase there. And then, and then, and then we actually do end up, end up leaving our parents' home, and, and we're by ourselves. We have to kind of figure out, how do I live by myself? This is a huge transition. I remember when I was about 19, I was, you know, college wasn't living on my own because we, have, we had these really strict rules at Liberty University. We had this RA that was like a, he was on me, and so you had to have your room clean. You, had to, you couldn't have facial hair. You had to have your shirt tucked in. I mean, it was pretty, pretty strict, so I felt like it's like my mom, but it was a dude, you know. <laughs> So I wasn't really on my own, right? I still had somebody like overseeing me. And then when I was about 19, uh, senior in college, I took this summer job where I was literally by myself with two other guys from the Liberty football team. And we were door-to-door salesmen. And so we found this place and we were literally by ourselves for the first time ever. And um, anybody want to take a guess what our house looked like after about three weeks? (laughs) Anybody want to take a guess? Within the first week, we had left some meat on the counter. We didn't know. We didn't know that you, we didn't know to put the meat away or, or clean up the scraps. And so, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, there were these yellow little worms crawling on our counter. I was like, well, what are those? I don't know. You know, somebody said, I think they're maggots. Oh, okay. You know, so they hatched and, you know, we didn't clean it up. We just... It's like, oh, that's interesting. Look at those. You know, where they come from? <laughs> you know, three dudes in a house. You know what I'm saying? And so things progressively got worse in the house. We were on ourselves transitioning. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you know, how do you live by yourself? You got oh, you got to clean up. They they had two we had two toilets two toilets in the house, and they were sharing a bedroom, and I was by myself, and they had clogged their toilet with some heavy duty <laughs> stuff. So they started to use my toilet. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, well, you know, we can't figure out how to unplug the, you know, deal. And so this went on for weeks, weeks. The smell in that house was so bad. You know, we didn't think, oh, maybe we should get a plunger. You know, so let's plunge that thing. (laughs) Nope. Maggots. I mean, it was complete filth. Okay. Just... And that was just the tip of the iceberg, and so that went on all summer long. You know, we were just kind of figuring out, how do you live by yourself, you know? Oh, you got to clean up after yourself. This is a major transition. And then you go from there, most dudes go from there to getting married. (laughs) 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 You know, (laughs) this new husband you have is just complete. Okay, anyway. And so you got to figure out how to be married to somebody, and how does all that work? And then you bring a child or two into the world, and that's a crazy transition, you know, and... 
is, and then, and then you, you, know, you, you, you change careers. I saw something the other day from the, the Department of uh, Labor that said that the average person now changes jobs 11.7 times. Sometimes that's within the same company, but they're switching positions. Somebody from LinkedIn, one of the executives at LinkedIn said it's now up to 15 times from the ages 18 to 48. 15 times. Some of you are in the middle of a job transition right now. You're switching over, like transition, like life is full, literally full of transitions. And then some of us go through a divorce, and then some of us have these accidental transitions. I was talking to a guy last week, he, he got into a major motorcycle accident. He broke just about every bone in his body, 92 stitches over his eye, was in the hospital for weeks. But sometimes we go through transitions we did not anticipate. Things take place in our lives, a sickness. Sometimes it's a death of a loved one, a family member. A father, a mother, a son. That's happened in our church. And then you have to transition and move into a different phase of life without that person. Life is filled with these transitions. Then we get a little bit older and, you know, our kids leave the house. It's the empty nest transition. And then retirement transition. And then the final transition, which is the last thing we experience on this earth. Death. Have you ever thought about the last thing that you will ever experience on this earth is a transition? The first thing was a transition, and the last thing will be a transition. You will go from this world into some other world. You will leave this place, and you will go to some other place. And I hope, and it's my heart, that every single one of you here present at our campuses and watching online is ready for that transition. And there's a way that you can get ready for that. We're going to talk about that today a little bit. But the last thing you'll experience on this earth is a transition from this world into the next. Life is filled with transitions. You know, in the Bible, the book the book, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. He said, for everything, for everything, there is a, say it with me, a season, a time for every activity under the sun. This Hebrew word simply means a period. A time that starts and stops. That's our life. We go through different phases that starts and stop, and then we move into a different phase. The author says this, Solomon says, there's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. He goes on and he continues, and some of you are thinking of the song right now, right? It's in your head. <laughs> a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Some of you pack rats need to hear that. <laughs> there is a time to get rid of some stuff. <laughs> a time to tear, to tear, I'm sorry, and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Look at all of these different periods, moments. Like, we don't stay in one spot one phase one stage like our life is continually moving from one phase to the next phase life is full with transitions why this series why a series called transitions here's why in your notes most of us don't handle transitions well we just don't 
We have a little, we have language around this. We, we, when, we, when we're talking about somebody who's struggling to go from, you know, married to divorced or from single to married or from, from working a job uh, or from high school to college or whatever it is, one job to another, and they're not doing well. We said, I mean, we said they're not handling the transition well. That's what's going on in their life. They're struggling through the transition that they're in. We get stressed out. We get fearful. We become anxious. We don't handle transitions well, most of us. Which, and because of the stress or the anxiety that we're experiencing in our life, we'll, we'll turn to some sort of exit, some sort of medications. Maybe it's food. We'll just binge eat. Or maybe it's alcohol. We'll just kind of escape by numbing ourselves with some drugs or pornography or something just to kind of get it. We're so overwhelmed with this, this new thing that's happening in our life. We don't know how to handle it. So we'll, we'll, we'll go to our coping mechanisms, our unhealthy coping me- mechanisms. Some of us shut down when we're going through a transition. We just can't function. So we, go, we just go to bed. We go to sleep. We, we stop going to work. We stop contacting people, calling people, talking to people. We just shut down. Some people deny it. The transition is so severe in their life, they just deny that it's happening. I'm not, this isn't happening. La, 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 la. Put my head in the sand, right? You know anybody who's doing that? Have you done that? Just deny the whole reality that it's taking place. Some of us actively try to stop the transition. This will not happen. You, son, daughter, will not leave the house. You're not going to go to college. You're going to stay right here because I can't handle the fact that you're going to leave. You know, we just, we try to actively prevent the transition from happening. And here's, what, here's why this series is so important, because life, life is filled with transitions. Most people don't handle transitions well, which means that most people are not handling life well, because life is a series of transitions. you agree, yes or no? <clears throat> so what we want to do is dive into some really key principles to help you transition well in your life so that you can live well. Does that make sense? Why is transitioning so hard? I mean, what makes it so difficult? I think there's at least three reasons. The first one is this. We feel like we're losing control. We love to have control. (laughs) We love the predictable. We hate the unknown. We love to know what's coming in our life. And when we're going through a transition from one job to the next or from one relationship to another or whatever the transition is, we're having to take care of our, our aging parents or whatever. We, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And so there's uncertainty. And when there's uncertainty, there's this feeling of, of angst because we're losing control. And so we struggle. Another reason we struggle with transitions is because we're losing, we're leaving behind that which is good. It's like, oh, man, this was, I had such a good thing going. Why, why, why do we have to leave this good thing that we had, this good relationship, this good situation at home, this good job, this good? And I don't want to move past that. I don't want to leave that behind. This is, this is why losing a loved one is so difficult. Because now you're entering into a new reality without this person that you love. And, and you're leaving behind the good. And, and it hurts. And it's so painful. And that's why that transition is so difficult. Another reason why we struggle with transitions is because we have to learn something new. We have to learn this new skill set. We have to learn to, to be in this new reality. How do, I, how do I exist in this new phase of my life as, as, a, as a wife, as a husband, as a father, as a grandparent, as a, as, a, as a manager now? Oh my gosh, I've been promoted. Now I have people answering to me. How do I do this new thing? I have to learn new skills. I have to, I have to learn how to be in this new position. And we don't like to do that sometimes. I know people in my life that refuse to learn how to use an, a, a smartphone. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I don't know how to do that. You know, uh, you know, all these buttons and 
apps. I don't know how they work. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my flip phone. I'm going to stick to my what is known. I don't want to learn something new. And so we don't transition well because it requires new learning, right? We struggle. These are, there's probably other reasons why we struggle, but those are three big ones. And those three big ideas really sum up, you can sum them up this way, it creates discomfort. It's uncomfortable to, to, to be in this place of uncertainty. It's uncomfortable to leave behind the good. It's uncomfortable to have to learn some new skill or, or new, new reality, a new way of being in our lives. It's uncomfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to give you some principles. The first one that I want to give you today, I'm actually going to give you two today, one next week and two on the third week. The first one I want to give you today, these are principles to help you and I transition well. The first one is if you're going to transition well, you have to embrace the transition. Embrace the transition. What do I mean by that? I mean you have to not only accept it in your mind, okay? That's part of it. Yeah, this thing is happening. It's going down, and I understand it's going down, and and I accept it. Yes, that's part of it. But what I'm talking about is embracing the transition, which goes beyond accepting it. One of my staff members said it this way. Oh, so you're talking about not just a mental nod, but an emotional hug. Yes, I thought that's it. Give this transition a hug. Embrace this thing. What am I talking about saying? Yes, this is what's happening in my life, and I'm going to roll with it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to begrudge it. I'm going to embrace this transition in my life. You say, how do I do that if it's difficult? Why would I get excited about something that's hard and painful in my life? I'm leaving behind something good. You're you're saying that's exciting? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. The way to embrace a transition in your life is to understand that God is the one behind the transition. God is either orchestrating the transition or he is allowing it. There's no other options. If you're a believer today, if you're a person of faith today, God is the one who is orchestrating the transition, pulling the strings, making it happen, or he is allowing the transition. See, that's the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God teaches this, that nothing touches your life without having first passed through the the, the hands of God, the fingers of God. Let me say that again. The sovereignty of God is nothing touches your life as a believer that hasn't first passed through the hands of God. So if this thing is from God, then it is a good thing because he loves you and he, his heart is good. He is a good, good father. So now you're going through this difficult job transition and it's painful, but you can embrace it because you know in your mind that this has come from my heavenly father who wants what's best for me. And that is how you're able to put your arms around the transition. Let me give you a biblical example. The children of Israel have been delivered out of 400 years of slavery from Egypt. God says, I'm going to give you this promised land. You're going to go in. You're going to take it. And you're going to have a new home. Well, that's a major transition, don't you think? <laughs> so they're getting ready. They leave, they leave Egypt. Remember the Red Sea? God parts the Red Sea. The Israelites walk through. He closes the Red Sea. All the Egyptians drown, right? Now they're in this, on the other side of the Red Sea. They have nowhere to go. What are they going to do? Well, they got to go into the promised land. So what does God do? He says, here's what you're going to do. Choose 12 leaders, one from every tribe. Send them into the promised land. Have them scope out the land. You know, look at it. See what's going on. Have them come back. Give a report. And then we'll get going. We'll get moving. So sure enough, that's what Moses does. He sends the 12 spies in. They spend 40 days scoping out the land, seeing, you know, what it looks like. You know, what kind of fruit's there. What kind of, you know, plants are there. And, and, and they come back and they... 
and they give this report. All 12 spies, they say, Here, here's, here's, what it, here's what it is. You know, this place is great. There's milk, there's honey, the fruit. And they brought back these like, enormous grapes, so big they had to carry on a pole between two men's shoulders. It was hanging between them. They brought some figs, pomegranates, all this stuff. They said, this land is flowing with milk and honey. It's awesome. Only one problem. There's some really big dudes there. <laughs> there's some really big people there. In fact, I think they're giants. And the walls around their cities are fortified, and they're tall, and they're soldiers, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And they thought so too. That's what, they're, that's what they started saying. And all the people heard this. Moses heard it. All the people heard this. They start freaking out. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? <laughs> this is terrible. We don't have a home. We left Egypt. We have nowhere to go. We're in the wilderness. All of a sudden, Caleb steps up. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. Why did he have to quiet the people? Because they were freaking out. They were having an anxiety attack, okay? He tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And this is what he said. Let's go at once. Let's go right now to take the land. We can, say it with me, certainly conquer it. What? Wait a second. Caleb was there. Caleb went into the land. Caleb saw the big dudes, the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jezebites and the giants. He saw the walls. He saw the fortified cities. He saw the swords. He saw the weapons. He saw these people are soldiers. How could he say the opposite of what these other 10 spies were saying. Here's how, here's how, ready? He had, along with Joshua, Joshua, he had embraced the transition. God was, God was the one that said, I will give you the land. He had taken his arms and he had hugged that baby and he had embraced that baby and he, he had said in his heart, this is what God is doing. God is the one behind this transition. So when he saw the walls and when he saw the giants and the Hivites and the Canaanites and the Jezebites and all these different people, he didn't think, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We can't, we can't go into the land. He thought, let's conquer it right now. Let's go. We can do it. Why? Because his mindset was different. His psychology was different. He had embraced the transition as from the hand of God. See, some of us, we struggle with this. Some of us think that if there's any difficulty that comes up in our life in the transition, it must not be from God. You're wrong, folks. <laughs> You're dead wrong. <laughs> some of you just need to hear this, and this is all you need to hear today. There is always difficulty in your transition. Every single time. There are walls, and there are giants. And that does not mean that God is not in it. Does that make sense? When you embrace the transition, your mentality is, oh, we can do that. Like, we can, go, we can overcome that wall. We can overcome this, this challenge, this difficulty, whatever lies in our path. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean God is not in it. Some of us see the difficulty and we think, this must be from the evil one. This must be Satan trying to trick me and trip me up. No, come on. It's always difficult going from, you know, having children to an empty nest. It's always difficult going from having a job to being retired. It's just, there's, there's just new things. There's uncertainty. You're losing control. It's always going to be a little bit difficult. It doesn't mean it's not from God. So what you and I need to do is we need to embrace this transition in our life as from the hand of God. Now, it didn't work. Caleb tried. Joshua tried. And the people were like, nope. 
whoever goes into that land is going to be devoured. That's what, that was the final verdict. So God gets upset. He's like, all right, you know, you guys are disobedient. You're giving into fear. You're giving into anxiety. You're giving into worry. So now everybody over the age of 20, all you complainers, all you fearful people, you will die in the wilderness because now you're going to go into the wilderness for 40 years. One day for every day, the spy, one year for every day, the spies spied the land. And so for 40 years, they had to wander. That was their penalty. For what? For fear? For not embracing the transition? For not acknowledging that it was God's activity that he would have helped them overcome the walls and the people and the giants? They wandered around in the desert for 40 years. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to wander. <laughs> I don't want to die. I want to go through transitions really, really well. I want to have the spirit of Caleb and Joshua say, let's go up right now. We will certainly conquer this transition. Why? Because we have seen it as from the hand of God. Is this making sense to anybody? This is how we transition well. And then when we do that, it sets us up to do number two. If we embrace the transition well, now we can, number two, prepare for it. We must prepare for the transition. See, if you don't embrace it, if you fight it, if you deny it, if you try to just check out and medicate yourself because you can't handle the stress of the new transition, then you won't prepare for it. And the less you prepare for the transition, the worse you're going to do. <laughs> okay, see, when we send, you know, men and women who are in the military into the battlefield, whether it's the Marines, whether it's the Navy or the Air Force or whatever branch it is, what do we first do? We send them to 10 to 12 weeks of what? Basic training, right? We don't say, hey, let's take you as this. Oh, you want to be in the military? Okay, let's, let's civilian. Okay, ready? We're going to put you on a flight to Italy. <laughs> let's, get you, let's get you involved in the fighting. No, we train, we prepare these people before they go into harm's way and fight a battle. Preparation, preparation. Well, how do you prepare? Well, it's a mindset. The only way that you and I are going to prepare well for transitions in our life is if we say, they're coming, baby. They're coming. Listen, you know what the, you know what the, uh, the most popular book out there for women who are pregnant is? It's called uh, 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 What to Expect When You're Expecting. See, some of you knew that, you ladies. See, 18.5 million copies have been sold. How many of you read that book, What to Expect When You're... Look at the hands. Look at the hands. Why is that book so widely known and widely read? Here's why. Because you got this creature, this, this, this thing that's living inside of you. And you know, listen, you know you have embraced this vision, okay? This is happening. This is a thing. This baby's coming out. What the heck do I do when it comes out, right? And so you get this book. What to expect when you're expecting. What are you doing? Here's what you're doing. You're preparing for the transition because you have embraced that baby. This is going to be a reality. So let me read the book. Let me study. Let, let me know what to do with breastfeeding. I shouldn't say breastfeeding because that's old school, but nursing, that's the new word. That's the new terminology. Sorry. What do I do with that? What do I do with this? What, do I, you know, what are all these different questions that come up, right? Preparation, right? This is what we do. Years ago, somebody told my wife and I, hey, your kids are small. One day they're going to go to college. You need to start saving money in a 529 college fund. She's like, What? Dude, they're like toddlers. Give me a break. We have all the time in the world to save for college. I'm so glad that we started saving for college. I'm so glad that we put some strategies together in our life years ago. Because now we have a 16-year-old. Holy cow. Jackie and I remember the day we were talking about it the other day. We pulled in our driveway from the hospital. And this little squiggly wet thing was back there. I remember that moment. 
And now that thing is 16. It's unbelievable, right? And now it's like, oh my gosh, college, have we prepared well? Oh, I think, I think we're going to be able to handle it because of this and this and this. Preparation, preparation. One day, one day, Jackie and I are going to be empty nesters. Come on, <laughs> come on. We know that we have embraced that vision. All three of these, of these guys are going to be gone. And we are preparing for the end. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to live? What's it going to be like? You know, financially, emotionally, you know, we're going to, how are we going to invest our lives when our kids are gone? Before the grandkids come. Oh boy. Ooh, there's a window there. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Preparation. Well, why do you prepare? Because you've embraced it. You know in your heart of hearts this thing is coming, so let us prepare. Listen, one day I'm going to die. I've thought about it. It might happen sooner than later. I hope it doesn't. But that means my wife's going to be single. Most women outlive their husbands. That's just the facts. You, just, you can look it up. Women live longer than men. So she's going to be single. What does that mean? She needs some life insurance. She needs to be taken care of. She needs to have enough money. She needs to be able to do her, live her life without me, right? And so because I know I'm a dead man, which you are too, 100% death rate. Remember that, everybody? Yes or no? Everybody's going to die. I mean, I don't mean to be discouraging. It's just reality. Embrace that baby. Embrace that vision. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a dead man soon, right? And, and so what does that look like for my wife? Preparation, preparation, preparation. And this is how we, people that don't prepare for death, people that don't prepare for their kids leaving for college, people that don't prepare for retirement, they go through their transitions poorly. Anybody talk to me? Come on, come on. No? Am I crazy? This is just common sense. I know this isn't deep theological truth here, but this will help you to go through transitions well in your life. If you're not prepared well, it's going to be very difficult. The first step to preparing is embracing. When we embrace it, we'll prepare. We'll get ready for the transition in our life. So let me ask you a question as we wrap up. What transition do you need to embrace and prepare for? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Think with me. Come on, do this work. Do this mental work. Most people just live in the moment. Don't live in the moment. Think out 5, 10, 15 years. What transitions are coming in your life? They will happen. Start preparing for them. They're good things. Are they painful? Yes, some of them are painful. Your parents are going to die. You'll probably have to take care of them at some point. Those are difficult things. But they're going to happen. What's the point of denying them? What's the point of putting them out of your mind? That makes you unprepared. And when you're unprepared, you go through them terribly. And the pain is, is, is exponentially more than it should be in your life. Because you haven't prepared emotionally or psychologically or financially. Embrace those transitions. This is, this is life. God takes us through these moments. He's either orchestrating the transition or he is allowing it to take place in your life. I hope that you'll identify a couple of transitions and begin preparing for them. Now, today's baptism. And it's no better day to celebrate baptism than on the, on the launch of a series for transitions because baptism is basically a picture of transition. Somebody who's gone from death to life. I mean, when you go into the water, you're saying, I'm dying to the old way of living, this selfish, ego-centered way of living, and I'm coming up washed. I'm coming up cleansed. I'm coming up a brand new person in Jesus Christ, right? And now I'm going to follow him and love him and obey him. It's going from death to life. And that's what we're going to see here in just a minute when people get baptized. Before we baptize some folks, I want you to hear a great story about a family who's gone through many, multiple transitions, which led them to church, which led them to putting faith in Christ, and today uh, they're getting baptized. Check out their story. 
My name is Abby Menser. My name is Austin Menser. And I've been coming to Emmanuel for about a year and a half. I feel like my faith was strongest right after I had my daughter um, because we had a difficult time getting pregnant. I really began to believe in God and start putting my heart into it when our daughter, Avalyn, was born. Whenever you finally get to hold your child, like you know that they're a special gift and a miracle from God. Then once I held her for the first time and saw the family that we had made, I, I knew there was a God and I knew I had to seek him out further. So two and a half years ago, I began to grow my faith further and further. The year that followed her birth um, was really hard. Um, my grandma passed away. My husband switched jobs, and um, then whenever I was 26, I got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and after my wife was diagnosed with cancer, uh, my faith really took a hit again, and I kind of felt alone. I just felt like going from such a high point in my life, um, uh, where I've always believed in God, it was totally shaken and I felt alone and um, broken. So I went through treatment and I got through all of that. And then after my treatment, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. So then he went through his treatment. At that point, my faith was what I would say hit the hardest. It felt like something was missing. And but spiritually, I just felt like I was just running from it. I knew that it had to do with God and my faith. Nothing could quite take the sadness away. So my family and my husband and I um, decided to come to Emmanuel. That's when I started attending Starting Point with my wife, Abby, and we really began to grow. As that finished up, I began to heal and seek out God again. It was about that week that we had been at Starting Point that I heard the song Reckless Love on the radio. Then I came to church and it was played. And then the following week it was played. The song really spoke to me because like that's what I had been doing all that time, just spiritually running and not and avoiding it. But the song was about how God's love will always find you and God is always fighting for you. After coming to church, I realized that in your weakest moment, it's God's opportunity to show his strength in you. So sometimes you might feel alone, but you're not. God's always there giving you strength whenever you feel weak, giving you a sense of peace and joy. I want to take that next step to further my faith as I've been taking this journey. It's been an emotional journey to get to this point to be baptized. I've realized that I'm never going to be perfect, no one's perfect, and uh, God accepts me how I am, so I'm ready to be cleansed of the past. And to just show an outward expression of my love for God. And after getting baptized and showing that outward display, I want to instill that into my daughter, Avalyn, as she grows up, and I want her to be able to see how fulfilling life can be when she has God in her life. It's special to be able to celebrate God together and continue our walk learning more about God as a family. Maybe this is your moment. Whether you're watching online or one of our campuses, maybe this is your moment where you transition from living for yourself to living for Christ. From not being in a relationship with God to stepping into a relationship with God.
The gospel says that Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross for our sins so that we can be washed of our sins. That's the picture of baptism. Baptism is a symbol of the washing away of the old life and stepping into a brand new life in a relationship with God. It's not about joining a religion or joining a church. It's about stepping into a relationship with God because of what Christ has done for you. And if this moment is designed for you to transition, step into a relationship with God, I'm gonna invite you to say a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of trust. It's a prayer that says, I wanna be a child of God. I wanna be in a relationship with God. So if you would like to say that prayer, if you'd like to step into a relationship with God, I'm just gonna ask you to take these words, make them your own. Right now in this moment, this moment's designed for you. Will you pray with me? Just take these words, make them your own. Jesus, I trust you. I believe you died on the cross to forgive me and wash me of all my sin. Today I receive your grace. I receive your love. Thank you for dying in my place. And from this day forward, teach me to follow you to love you, to honor you with my life. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Can we give God glory for what he's doing, church? Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you stepped into a relationship with Christ today, our church would love to get you started with a New Believer's Bible. It's a New Testament, whether you're watching online or one of our campuses. Uh, you can have one of these on your way out. If you're watching online and you pray to receive Christ, there's a little box there that you can check that said, I, I trusted Christ. Put your address on there. We'll send it to you in the mail. If you're present at one of our campuses, uh, there's tables in the back. You can grab one of these. One more time, guys. Can we give God glory? Amen. At this time, what we're going to do is hand things off to our campus pastors. They have a special announcement for you. God bless you guys.